0: Imagine a material made from wood that's very light and stronger than steel. It sounds far-fetched, but it's not. In recent years, we've learned how to break up the traditional cellulose fibre in a tree and rebuild it into some kind of supermaterial. Welcome to Renewable Future from the Renewable Materials Company Stora Enso. In studio today, we have Heidi Saxel, R&D Manager at Biomaterials at Stora Enso, and Orlando Rojas, Professor at Alto University. Very welcome to Renewable Future. First, let's get down to, to breaking down the components of a tree. We've got lignin, we've got cellulose and hemicellulose. Today, we're talking about cellulose. So, so what is cellulose, Heidi?
1: Cellulose is a linear polymer, uh, which is in a tree structure uh, built uh, in, a, in bundles of these, uh, these polymers uh, that consist of, of glucose molecules.
2: Glucose is the re- repeating unit in cellulose, and this cellulose assembles together with other biopolymers in the tree. And the way I envision how the tree is built is like a very slow 3D printer, where we deposit on the cell walls this all, this, all these uh, polymers making a very nice uh, hierarchical assembly in multiple dimensions.
0: So it's the particular structure of cellulose when it's put together that makes it interesting. Is, is that, am I understanding it correctly?
2: Uh, the fact that it's a linear polymer, that means that if you have uh, several chains in a close spacing, then they will bond together by the so-called hydrogen bonding, and then you can form superstructures. That, that means structures that go from the molecular scale to the nanoscale and then to the macroscale.
0: So, so break this. T- tell me a little bit about this breaking down to the nanoscale, because this is what seems to be happening. We have this nanocellulose and microfibrillated cellulose. What, what's happening there?
2: With the cellulose as a molecule, then you have assemblies in so-called um, fibrillar cellulose. This fibrillar cellulose makes the cell wall of fibers that They're the cells in trees. And when we think about a fibre, we uh, envision in, uh, s- dimensions in the order of 3 millimetres or in that size in length. Uh, by 30, 50 microns in width, depends on the type of tree, the species. And then these uh, fibers are uh, held together by different bonding and make the actual tree. So uh, as as you see, it's a hierarchical, multidimensional structure where the basic unit we can think is cellulose, the cellulose molecule.
0: But you don't break it right the way down to the, the tiniest unit because you want to keep this kind of... Fibrous structure together is that right or
1: uh, exactly because that uh, has then different properties uh, than 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 the molecular or, or the macro
0: okay so these new properties that are emerging I mean what are the what are the potential applications then with this as such new material if you like that we've broken down the, the fibers to these smallest levels
1: in addition to the um, mentioned high surface area it also uh, has an nanocellulose has very often higher aspect ratio. And it has a great potential in a strength as a strength-enhancing component in different, basically different structures, starting from from paper or board to uh, composite materials as a structural additive. It could be in foods, in in cement, in paints, and um, it has also uh, good film-forming properties and uh, great potential as a barrier material against uh, oxygen or or grease, and, um, and a kind of a um, aroma
0: barrier. So if I take that last one, then the barrier material, if I want to keep oxygen away from something to keep it fresh, maybe, for example, then this is a potential new material to use instead of aluminum or, or, or something else.
1: Exactly, and, and it's uh, for, for our company, it's one of the main applications that we have uh, um, are putting a lot of effort and, and focus on.
0: What about yourself, Orlando? Do you see any other sort of future applications with when we start looking at cellulose and breaking it down to this this tiny level?
2: Yeah, well, our dream, because of the structuring capacity of these uh, components, nanocelluloses let's, let's call it in a generic way, because that is structuring capacity we envision in the future, many of our materials that surround us will be made of, uh, from nanocellulose. So, nanocellulose has the potential to replace many of the non sustainable materials that we use today, for instance, in making plastics, making composites, or many other materials that we use in everyday life.
0: So what's holding us back then? If we can replace fossil-based materials, which sounds excellent in terms of the climate change that we see in our society today, that we need to find replacements, what's holding us back from from doing this? Well, uh, as far as the availability of these uh, nanocelluloses, this is still
2: not clear because this is a a material that is in development. and uh, There are already several pilot semi-commercial units uh, producing these nanocelluloses, but still they are not widely known and uh, I think there is a little bit of um, we need a little bit of time to see some of this uh, going to market.
0: Is that what you're saying as well? I mean at Store Enso you're talking about barriers is something that you're looking at barrier materials but presumably we need a larger I mean, we need several companies around the world researching and, and doing work into this to make it fly. Is that, is that how you I think
1: that, that uh, that's all already happening and also commercialization um, is uh, taking place. One of the main things has been the price of the material so it's been known for tens and tens of years uh, but uh, Only in the past 10 years or so, there have been developed technologies to make it cost competitive that the energy levels actually used are are reasonable in the production. Uh, But then um, I agree uh, with Orlando about the availability. But then there's another aspect that, of course, it's not exactly like the plastic materials. So you need to do quite a lot of also development and adjusting how you use it in the applications and, and to um, develop technologies on the application side. I would say that's one of the very important points. Right.
2: So, so just to uh, emphasize that, so in, in the petroleum industry, you can uh, produce a monomer and from that you can produce very similar profiles or even products or grades. In the case of uh, nanocellulosis and microcellulosis, being a natural material, there is a lot of diversity depending on the source. And when you obtain these materials, they can come in different lengths, different chemical compositions, and that needs to be uh, a check for any given application. So standardization is not so straightforward then because it's a natural material. Sort of, yes. Even the names and the the way they are described can uh, can depends very much on...
0: Speaking of names and terms, it's something that's been confusing me. Nanocellulose and microfibrillated cellulose. What is the difference between those two?
2: Yeah, well, I, I, I think there is a loose distinction in, in terms of the dimensions. Uh, Microcelluloses, as the name indicates, is more on the micron scale. Uh, if we think about nanocelluloses, then they are smaller in the scale. They are, as uh, Heidi indicated, high aspect ratio materials, fibrillar, uh, long aspect. And uh, depending on the size, then we can describe those in those terms. Uh, so it depends pretty much on the degree of deconstruction. But what happens at the end is that when you produce microcrystalline or man, microfibular cellulose, you also have nanocelluloses. And when you produce nanocelluloses, you may have also microfibular cellulose. So there is a little
0: bit of that. If we go back to something that you guys have mentioned earlier, and that's the strength of it, the strength to weight ratio is like enormous compared to steel, for example. It's... Is it, is it eight times stronger in the strength-to-weight ratio or something like that? Is, is that correct, and what could we do with that then?
2: Yeah, so the, the, the strength is very large. largely competitive with steel per unit density. So here we're talking about normalized strength possibilities. So very competitive with steel, with Kevlar, and other man-made materials.
0: What sort of research is going on? Because I'm sort of assuming that we need both... Uh, I mean, we need the sort of manufacturers, but we also need certain companies or brand names that are actually interested in changing the material they're using today into into using nanocellulose. For this to really work, or is is that an, is is that the big issue today? For
1: as I indicated before, um, Stora Enzo is of course working quite a lot on on the barrier material and um, applications for for the food industry. To enhance the lifetime uh, uh, lifetime of uh, food food package, packages, and uh, to increase the lifetime of food, uh, shelf time, um, and um, and also to um, um, for the lightweighting of, of uh, boards and and packaging material and structural material. In addition, of course, we are looking into uh, into for example paint or cement or structural uh, strength enhancement uh, to use a nanocellulose or microfibrillated cellulose as a, st- a strength enhancing component in different application areas so
0: replacing part of the cement ingredients if you like today with a uh, microfibrillated cellulose to make uh, it even stronger that's the uh,
1: to make it stronger or then to have uh, less uh, cement or have it uh, yeah. make make it uh, light lightweight uh yeah. the Cement structure more sustainable, I guess, as
2: sustainable, well. Sustainable, yes. Mm-hmm. And to that, we can add oil and gas operations where nanocellulose have been used, are being considered. There are a lot of patents coming up in that area. That will be very important. In, in Japan, for instance, there is a lot of interest about using nanocellulose to produce lightweight materials in transportation, for example. And as I indicated, in packaging or the more natural one will be in paper making even, where nanocellulose can be used to increase, for instance, uh, the uh, mineral content or to, to,
0: to install other
2: properties in the paper making
0: process. Can I take you back to transportation, which you mentioned? This means making vehicles from nanocellulose?
2: Yeah, materials to build up uh, components in vehicles. Uh, For instance, nanocellulose can produce a very uh, important effect as a reinforcing material or reinforcing phase when combined with other matrices. Uh, Because of the aspect ratios that he indicated before and the structuring capacity, then you can produce an enhancement in the stiffness, for instance of uh, materials when you combine nanocellulose with uh, other uh, known polymers.
0: So we're going to see a car made from nanocellulose in the future.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much uh, something that can be realized. I guess the motor will be difficult to to build on (laughs) nanocellulose, but many other components, yes, definitely.
0: Okay, which makes it lighter, presumably more environmentally friendly as a result as well.
2: Absolutely. Less energy consumption for transportation because you have less weight to carry around.
0: How far in the future are we looking at? I
2: think this is pretty, pretty close. Maybe Heidi can tell more in detail, but I think uh, many of the components will be replaced. Uh, and we're going to go back to the old days where many of the car components were made of
0: from wood. What do you say, Heidi?
1: I think it's uh, technically possible. Then what needs to be developed is uh, the, basically the manufacturing processes of these parts so that they can, uh, from cost and, and production speed point of view, uh, they, they can be realized
0: but I do know that they've been using lignin as well to replace the roofs and the bodies of cars. At least they've done some tests on that. So perhaps with a mix of lignin and cellulose, you've got the whole car built from wood-based fibres. Yes,
2: we can only dream many, many different products. Uh, there is an author that has indicated that uh, most of the advanced composite materials of the future will look like more like wood. Because wood in in, in itself is a really a marvelous material. There you combine cellulose lignin. And then what we see is okay. Why not to put them together in an engineer way? So we combine the two in such a way that we maximize the properties
0: of these two materials. What do you say? Are you as optimistic about the future and the potential applications? Uh, uh,
1: definitely, I am. <laughs> but uh, it will take uh, time and effort. Um, it will take um, many companies to work together um, on and and to produce the material as well as uh, develop the the production technologies for, for these components
0: So one final, like dream big here now guys, think of something that, that I could not imagine being made from nanocellulose today or something that's made from fossil based you know materials today that I couldn't possibly think could be made from nanocellulose what sort of thing will I be holding in my hand or, or buying from a store in, in 20 years time then? What do you say, Orlando?
2: We discussed earlier, you know, it would be interesting to drive a car that is uh, fully made from cellulose or to wear the next generation textiles with materials that come from uh, from wood, not from cotton or not from uh, petroleum. So I think that's uh, very possible in the future. And, and that would be the type of materials I would like to see.
0: What about yourself, Heidi?
1: Uh, I'm thinking even more kind of a broader. F- my focus area is cellulose and, and uh, there will be sustainable textile products. There will be... Um, structural components and and in in food, uh, our foods will be protected uh, by buy uh, nanocellulosic materials, and, and uh, yeah, maybe there will be the, the nanocellulose car. Then I will go and buy myself a car again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and then in addition to this, uh, they, we haven't mentioned, but flexible electronics and many uh, materials in the future may see a lot of uh, activity around cellulose. So flexible electronics is, for instance, communication. Are areas that uh, will be impacted by the use
0: of nanocellulose for sure. So, will I have a smartphone made from nanocellulose? Why not, yes. <laughs> Orlando Roy has Hades Excel. Thank you very much for joining me. You've been listening to Renewable Future from the renewable materials company, Stora Enso.